0: Welcome back to Women's Wealth, the Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan mcglory michaels and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Today's guest I was very excited about because I myself started a business, not gloriously, from the kitchen table with small children, and then I went on to have four children, And I often wondered why people became my client when they were sitting at my kitchen table with little ones running around and saying my business grew as my children grew. And today's guests are taking the same leap. And they are going to face the same obstacles when starting their own company. So 125 collections, they're a lifestyle goods and accessory brand. They are both very interesting in that they really thought about what they were going to do. They came from different careers, and they said, okay, let's do this. And I thought today, as listeners, so many of us are either in startup businesses or contemplating starting a business And so today's journey is if you know someone, maybe it's a child, maybe it's yourself who are saying, you know, I'm about ready to retire. And so today I want to welcome Valerie Ray and Joy Fennell because they are both such a great example for all of us who are contemplating doing this. Welcome, Joy and Valerie. Thanks. Thank you. I know that, like many of us, you are a minority owned, women owned business. So, congratulations. But can you tell me, way back when, when you think about it, the process of how each of you came from different creative backgrounds, and then you decide that you're going to combine these strengths and these gifts, and you're going to create your own company. How did that come about?
1: It came about a couple of years ago. Joy and I have been friends for about uh, 10 years, and Joy comes from the beauty industry, and I come from more of a experiential marketing industry, but we both have a passion for fashion and candles. So we were discussing one day just about creating more of a self-expression movement where, you know, say it loud, say what you feel. And we wanted to incorporate that in a lifestyle brand that that you could put in your home or in your office, and we both love candles. So we kind of took our strengths of her from the beauty, design, creative side and then me on the logistics, operations, marketing side and put that together to create something that we both love, which is a fashionable statement piece and candle that we can share to people across the country. So that's kind of how it started. And then it just it, it started off as, I wouldn't say a passion project, but we started it off thinking, let's start on Etsy, and it took off more than we expected. So um, now it's where it started off before is more of like a candle company now. It's evolving into more of a lifestyle brand.
0: And, you know, Valerie and Joy, when you're starting a company, all of us say, this is a great idea, the idea is launched, now we're started, how do you then decide whether you're going to self-fund it? Because we all know startups, still, even little startups, still have costs. How did you come to the decision that rather than take funding, you were going to self-fund? How did that come about? Because so many, I think, other women out there who are contemplating this often say, well, what are other people doing?
2: Um, I think the main way in which it came, uh, we came to the decision is that we didn't want to take out loans for the business. We wanted to really test our concept and make sure that it was something that people really resonated with first in order to grow the business. We wanted to reevaluate later on down the line and see if that was something where If we wanted to scale the business, then think about possibly doing something outside with funding. But for right now, we were like, oh, let's really take our funds and really try to see if this concept is something that can float on its own versus taking out loans first and then seeing if the concept works.
0: You know, I, I think you're so right. I think that 20 times people don't test the waters before they jump in and then they spend a lot of capital. So probably very wise of both of you. But at any company when you're starting up, you're kinda of going through the process of kind of trial and error in one way or another, right? I always say I can tell people more of my mistakes and my successes. But can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about some of those trials and errors? Because I know that when I read about The way you did it it was sort of like a pop up location, so people don't have to have a storefront. And then you went from a pop up location of marketing to the product itself. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that could apply to so many different industries.
1: We took the pop up method because it was a lot less overhead, became a permanent vendor at a weekend pop up. So the overhead for that was really low, you know. So pretty much whatever you made that weekend would have covered. What you paid for rent at that time. So we stayed at a permanent pop up um, for about a year. And what that allowed us to do was to build our brand, get feedback in person from customers. So, you know, they would tell us, oh, this is great. Or do you all have quotes that say this? Or what other sense do you have? So it w- for us, it was like an opportunity for us to sell products, build our customer base, and in- improve our product based on customer feedback. And from there, we went through you know, a lot of trial and error just with improving the product. And then in addition to that, we, we were able to really continuously improve products. The trial and error from the pop-up, though, after, over time, we realized being in the same place every weekend prevented us from doing other things and looking into other markets because we were always there. So we then hired a salesperson to help us on the weekends there, and then Over time, we realized, are we really making the money that we need to make now that we've had to hire someone to do it? So after a year of of trial and error and kind of looking at our bottom line with the pop-up, we decided we've built a customer base. We've got a lot of feedback. Now let's really focus on marketing online and then doing pop-ups throughout the city at our leisure.
0: You know, you're both such a great example. It's so clear why... The 125 collection is such a success. You didn't jump in. You really did a process, and you kept analyzing and reevaluating. But there's something else that really intrigued me about both of you, Valerie and Joy, and that is that within your community as women leaders, you are actually our minority women-owned business. Can you talk to women out there the benefits of maybe being a woman-owned business, and and some of the things that we often don't realize can be an attribute when we're building a business?
2: Sure. I mean. In terms of women-owned business, it's definitely empowering that every day you come in and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, (laughs) I own a business that is actually getting notoriety, and that is something that is very powerful, and I think Valerie and I both kind of sit back sometimes and we're just kind of, like, floored because we hear the buzz going on and we see the articles and we're like, oh, my gosh, like, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. But at the same time, it's really empowering and it really makes you stop and think to yourself, like, you could actually do anything that you put your mind to. That was something that we learned every single day some of the things that people get stuck on is whether or not they're able to do it and a lot of times Valerie and I are just we just sit there and we say well, just do it you know like don't wait for the perfect entry into the market just do it and I think that that is something that we had to learn that everything isn't going to be perfect right then and there you can always tweak the product but to actually get out there and do it that is the most important factor.
0: I couldn't agree with you more I th- I also think that As a women-owned business, we also have to look. There's so many support networks out there with other women who are starting businesses or have successfully done businesses like the Entrepreneurs Organization. You have the Women's President's Organization. You have Enterprising Women. There are so many of those organizations. You have NAVO. All of those different organizations, I think, really want women to succeed. It's sort of an amazing um, journey. You, too, should be very proud of yourself because, in many ways, They often say that there's such a small percentage of women that actually succeed. So one of the reasons we asked Mm -hmm. you to be on today is because you you are great role models that you don't have to start with a lot, but you have to have that dream, you have to have the goals, and you have to be disciplined. But the real question, you both, you know, the uniqueness about you is you weren't a one-man show. You both had to take your different personalities your different views of things because we don't all agree on everything. But here you are both running a business together, but there's something else. You were friends. How do women who really do want to partner up but want to value that friendship, what is it that you did that was unique from running your business and how has your relationship changed for the better or the worse?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you just have to really have just a mutual respect for one another in what they can bring to the table and really try to balance out those strengths in in those areas that we have challenges in and really just saying, okay, I'm a little stronger at doing this, so let's really build our business on our strengths but still learn from one another. And I think once you do that, it it really helps the business from a friendship level because there isn't animosity because you know – These are the things that I do well. These are the things that my business partner does well. And then it keeps the friendship the same. I I would say, for me, this is Valerie, sometimes, though, I feel like we do focus so much on business that we forget to say, hey, let's do something and do something fun as friends versus always talking about business. So it it definitely strengthens the friendship, but we just have to stay open and transparent.
0: And Joy, how do you feel about that?
2: Um, I definitely agree with Valerie. The thing about it is, as Valerie said, you, you really start at a level of deep mutual respect for one another. And then from there, when you start to see what the other person can do, the respect grows even more. I think also it's just we tend to be really well balanced because the things that I may have challenges in, Valerie is definitely strong in and vice versa. And I think that that is something that's definitely a plus for us because it almost fits like a hand in a glove. And it also teaches me too because it's like you learn from the other person and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't think about it like that. We might talk business a lot, but every now and again we're able to go and get a drink afterwards or dinner afterwards mm-hmm. and just kind of unwind and laugh it up,
0: you know. Well, you two sound like you have it down. you you kind of leverage each other's strengths and you also understand – you know your weaknesses, and what do they always say? Fill your holes. But you two seem to have really yeah. um, nailed it. I was kind of intrigued by 125 Collection. How did you come up with that name? Was that one of you picked that name, or how, how did that name come about? Because it's great.
1: Well, it was kind of like Joy's idea. We were just we liked the idea of using numbers in the name, and then we both live in Harlem, in Manhattan, so. 125th Street is kind of like the Mecca of Harlem. We went back and forth, oh, what about collective or, you know, and then Joy said, well, what about the 125 collection? And we sat on it for a couple of days and we were like, yeah, let's go with it.
0: Well, I like it. I think it sounds great. And I can't tell you both how much we wish you the best of luck because it sounds like you started from Saturdays, having to be there every Saturday and seeing what happened, testing your model. Um, and so you're kind of an inspiration to all of us who maybe say, you know, maybe this is my time to, to start the business that I have thought about or maybe I've never thought about it and I can do it. So thank you both. Thank
2: you. Um, I also, just wanted to add sure. that
0: sure. I I really appreciate it and thank you so much. And I just wanted to add
2: that it's a trial and error. It's not something that we just automatically had a plan all the time. You know, I don't want to to come across as like everything was just Oh, we were just flying around, sprinkling, you know, fairy dust on everything, and everything came to life. Mm-hmm. You know, it just just had to go through the ups and downs, the retweaking process, the refocusing process, all the time. It was a constant. It wasn't just. Out of the gate, we just knew what we were doing all the time. So I just want mm-hmm. people to know you can always refocus and, and retweak every single day. You have to look at your numbers. You have to look at what you do and keep going forward and not let one thing throw you off course.
0: You, you are mm-hmm. so right. If you don't know your numbers, they always say you don't know your business. and I think – that's the key when you're starting something like this. Are we adaptable to change and are we willing to say, oops, that didn't work. Oh, that cost me a little more than I thought. Let me regroup. And um, yeah. so That's Valerie and exactly. Joe, you're great role yeah. models for that.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you.
0: That what you just said is pretty much us in a nutshell.
2: <laughs>
0: and um, thank you both yes. for joining me.
2: Thanks for having That's us. Exactly. We really appreciate it.
0: And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or Podcast App or follow us on SoundCloud or Podbean and womensradio.com for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.